everyone. Welcome back. I, uh, I forgot to, to do the new intro last time, uh, but we have picked a name, SEL Convergence. Maybe one day we'll explain what that means and why we picked it, but for today it's a mystery. <laughs> and running right into our last episode about soft skills, we decided to dig a little bit deeper into that specifically and language that's shrouded around SEL. And we want to dig into something very, very um, relevant to a lot of people. Mm. And it's something that I feel gets thrown around without being thought about, but it's a huge disservice to so many people. So with that being said, Tom, I just, I just got to say it out loud and get it out. Go ahead. Tom, it's just business. Yeah, that makes me crazy. <laughs> um, I, whenever I've heard that phrase, even when I was a young man and I didn't know anything, that didn't feel right in my gut. It didn't feel right in my heart. It didn't resonate with any truth whatsoever. So for me, that phrase, it's just business, is one of the greatest falsehoods in humanity I've ever heard in my life. Um, there's no such thing as it's just business because usually what that usually what that is said, it's said with the intention. Well, uh, you uh, you're getting fired. It's just business. <laughs> you're you're not going to get the promotion. It's just business. Uh, we're not renewing that contract. It's just business. Um, that person has been uh, untrustworthy. It's just business. Oh my gosh. There's no such thing as it's just business. Everything is human. Every time I say it's just business, business is business. And it, this includes our world, the business of schools, the business of education, the business of children, the primary job of education is the health, safety, and well-being of every single child under our care. That's our business. We don't get to throw any away. You know, if it's a bad blueberry, you throw it away. We don't throw any children away. We care for everyone. So it's just business. It's always about being successful, being compassionate, being caring in our world, in our business of education, or the reverse of that, not caring, not investing, not being compassionate, being disrespectful, being rude. That's not business. That's, that's inappropriate behavior that we would call any child to task on that. And I would hope we would call any adult on task for that. So just business, the business of human interaction, the business of schools is to grow. As you said in the other podcast, it's like a plant. To grow, to nourish, to water, to develop. That's our business of education. How dare anybody say it's just business? That diminishes all the interaction, diminishes all the human feeling. You can tell I get pretty excited about this. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, 
I try to draw parallels as much as I can. So it's, it's almost um, when one of my students will turn to another and say, I'm not saying this to be mean, but, and then they say it and it's almost like, well, if I, if I, if I verbalize my intentions, it means you can't feel how you want to feel about it and how I'm pretty sure you're going to feel about it because I have this need to warn you ahead of time. Right, right. So one of my biggest questions would be, like, how do you respond to that? If someone comes up to me and says, well, you know, we're moving you to a different school. We love having you <sighs> oh, here, boy. but like we need you over there. It's just like it's just business or it's just the way it is. How do you knowing that you can't really change the outcome necessarily, right, right. but how do you, with being a good human being, say, don't diminish how I'm going to feel in this. Right. Please acknowledge what this is going to do to me and have the courage to do it anyway. Right. So you and I, I believe, both have the privilege and the pleasure of working with some very socially, emotionally skilled educational leaders. We know them, they're our friends, and, and I know we both immensely respect them. Those folks know how to better deliver that message you're talking about now. So if, if that type of message needs to be delivered, as the deliverer of that message, there's gonna be a change and there's going to be a change in your life. I want to tell that person how much I value them. I want to tell them explicitly all the good I've seen them do in this setting. And I want to recognize that this, this could be painful. And I'm asking you to make this move. I'm asking you to make this transition. And even though I'm asking, there might not be a choice because there's always a boss above us all mm -hmm. somewhere. So it, it, it might be an ask that's a, an ask based on trust that's been earned and, and recorded in our emotional bank account. But as that leader who delivers that message, I must be willing to sit here and listen to your feelings. If they're sad, if they're angry, if they're confused, if there are questions, the really exemplary leaders, the courageous leaders that I've been privileged to work with will give that time. And, and it might be not one meeting. It might be a series of meetings because you're going through a grief and loss cycle at that point in time, and it is a cycle. It's not an event. So for us to have that kind of conversation, I would never, never want to hear, well, you're getting transferred, it's just business. That is immensely disrespectful. And it breaks a trust. It breaks a trust that I hope has been established. And all that we're talking about, and maybe that's why that phrase, it's just business, drives me so much. It, it gets me so fired up. When, when we have a trust between human beings, 
in my life that's sacred. And I don't say that to use fancy language. <laughs> it's sacred. It's the most important thing in my life. It's right there with love. And I tend to be a human being who trusts quickly and fully. Sometimes great, sometimes not so great. That's me. We're all different. And that there's no, I don't believe there's a good or bad there. It's our personalities. However, when my trust is broken and somebody has done something against my value system or against my, my businesses, my company's value system. And I don't really talk about having a business. I talk about having a mission against my mission's value systems. I am genuinely brokenhearted. And to hear that they've done something or said something and to hear attached to that, well, it's just business, Tom. Why are you upset? And I've heard that. And, and sometimes I'm dumbfounded because of who I've heard it from. Like, because I, I, I think more of them, quite honestly. I think they're more, more fully human than that. But after I'm dumbfounded, I'm hurt. And uh, I need a couple of days to lick my wounds. <laughs> and I need to talk to my most beloved, most trusting relationship, my wife, Sandra. And then I have to go to a place of forgiveness. For me, I have to go to a place of forgiveness. And to help me find a place of forgiveness, I have to find perspective. So whoever broke that trust, whoever moved to a different value system, whoever delivered those lines, it's just business, move on. I choose to assess they're in a different place in their life. They're in a different place than me. And I can't judge that that's a good place or a bad place. It's just different. I need to wish them well. I need to sincerely wish them well. And I need to move on. Knowing that we don't dance the same dance. That doesn't make him a bad person. And, and all of that is very, very hard work. And none of it is just business. It demands of me, and I would hope of the other party, that they have to dig deep into their humanity. And that I, I'll speak for myself, I have to self-reflect over and over and over again. I have to self-assess. What did I do? What didn't I do? Did I do enough? Did I not do enough? Did I somehow unknowingly break a trust? Because I think every good educator does that. And I think every good leader does that. They self-reflect. They self-assess. They examine over and over and over again. Before my head hits that pillow tonight, I'll spend 10 minutes in self-reflection on this day. I'll think about this interaction. I'll think about this podcast. Not, 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 not in a judgmental way. 
but in a truly self-assessing way. Yeah. And when I think about it, and I keep I keep reminding myself that one of the big reasons for this podcast topic, at least for me, is that so many people hear it's just business or some iteration of it, and it stirs up all of these things and emotions, and they don't understand why they feel that way. Yes. So it's almost like it's, it's addressing the elephant in the room. Yes. So why, why do I feel this way right now? Because people don't always think about it. And that led me into thinking, well, where does it come from? What drives it? So I've come to a conclusion that there's two reasons. The first is that people believe that they can have ownership of someone else's feelings, mm. which I believe is a falsehood. Absolutely. But someone is afraid to say something and be empathetic because they think they're going to own how the other person feels. Mm. What I think people need to understand is that the only requirement you have is to accept that other person's feelings. You have to validate them and acknowledge that they're there and that you understand. Okay. But that doesn't make them yours. Okay. So, God, forgive me, you're still speaking. Yeah, so that's the one reason. So mm -hmm. we could talk, we can dig into that if you want. I think that's the big one that most people come away okay. with. Okay. If it's okay, I'd like to dig into yeah. that one because I may forget, if I forget it if we don't dig into it. <laughs> uh, the dilemma of being 67. Uh, so what you just said, that's compassion and empathy. I, I can't be your feelings. I can't feel exactly what you're feeling, but I'm going to stay around to feel it with you. I want to understand, truly understand, which is a risk. Rather than simply blowing it off with that statement, it's just business. Because when I blow it off, I, I do that to stay safe myself. I don't really want to engage fully in this thing we call being human. Because being human is risky. It comes with all these social, emotional skills and feelings. And compassion, empathy is, is very challenging territory to, to, to dive into. The other thing that resonated me resonated with me when you were speaking, as the recipient of something like it's only business or it's just business, I have to speak my truth. I have to speak my truth. Now, all this work that we're talking about, Mike, it's always about courage. Always to have the courage to speak my truth. On the other side, as the deliverer of a message that may be unpopular or not well-received, I've got to be true to my feelings, even though they're uncomfortable, to stay around and listen to yours. Be fully human. The business of schools is helping people be fully human. That's hard work. That's a heck of a curriculum. <laughs> That's a lifetime curriculum. <laughs> yeah. You had another thing. You had something else. Yeah. I think this one's a little less common, uh, but I know I've been guilty of it when I first started in a role where I had a mission and I had people who were helping me to accomplish that mission, yeah. but I was responsible for them. Yeah. So I 
caught myself. I shouldn't say caught actually, because at the time I had no idea what I was doing. It wasn't until I mm -hmm. reflected on it later mm -hmm. that I thought like, Oh damn, <laughs> I messed that up. Yeah. So I would try to help people so much. And I would give so much of my time, my energy to those people to lift them up. Right. And it got to a point where the mission I was trying to serve was taking a back seat. Mm. And I had to come to a decision where I was prioritizing the good I was trying to do instead of the humans that were helping me to accomplish that. Wow. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to help people move away from something that isn't healthy for them. Yes, I agree. And selfishly, as the person in charge of that mission, I think that it's okay to say that they were out of touch with what I needed from them. Okay. Because what I was doing was what needed to be done right. in that instance. Right. And it feels weird to say that. It feels selfish. Yeah. But the way I would do it wasn't always the way it should have been done. Mm -hmm. When I needed to help somebody move away from that. Because I could see how unhealthy they were. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm still struggling with this, is like, where do you, where do you prioritize those things? Mm -hmm. When do you take something that's so important and to you and you're so passionate about and you know that it does so much good in the world mm. and then realize that you can't help this human being without that that mission suffering yeah how do you decide when to let someone go and help them move on to something that'll hopefully be better for them so that that is a beautifully keen insight and reflection on your part and you also bring me to a place that's been most of my life asking myself that same reflective assessment. I love nurturing people. I love encouraging people. I love mentoring people. And at 67, I have a pretty good track record of it. I also equally love fulfilling my mission. And that, as I think, I think as you're experiencing is a really delicate balancing act. What I know from my life is I must be on purpose to be fully healthy. Physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, fully healthy. I must be about the business of fulfilling my mission. For me, and I, I, I believe in large part yourself, and many of our friends who are listening can relate. Our mission is people. Our mission is the growth and development of others and ourselves. So I've, I've been in that place that you're speaking about right now. I've been in that place that's challenging you and I've been challenged and I can share experience. I don't know that I have the answer. I'll never be that bold. I have experience. My experience tells me not everybody is designed for the same mission. And that's a good thing because there's a lot of missions out there that need to be fulfilled on this earth with us humans. So somebody 
and I believe they come to you. They come to myself. They come to other friends of ours who are in a leadership role and they have superb good intentions of meeting the mission that you're passionate about and I'm passionate about. And we all do our best to, to, to nurture that individual who believes they share that same mission. And we start to realize either they don't or they may not have the skills needed to fulfill that mission. Then it comes time for one of the hardest things in my life. Something that I firmly believe in and even at 67 have a hard time with. Giving direct, specific, observable, descriptive feedback. And I'm only chuckling because you know I was going to say it. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard. And there are men and women out there that I so admire because they're superb at it. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm at my best when I'm modeling what I want to see and those who learn from modeling get it. I'm not at my best. Sadly, it's my weakness. I'm not at my best when someone needs explicit instruction. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not great at it. I'm just okay. So what I know when those challenges happen and I'm going to, I'm going to identify it as it's not the right fit person to mission colleague, employee to mission. I have to have the courage and the compassion. There's the balance, the courage and the compassion to care about that person enough to authentically love that person enough to either say, here's why it's not the best fit for you. And here's where I think are other appropriate fits and I'll help guide you there and help connect you to those other people that I know that can help move you, move you to success in those areas. I think that is part of my responsibility. Not to just leave somebody hanging. The other piece can I I'm sorry for pausing so long. This is this is deep thought. Are there people that I've met in my journey who say they're about the same mission. And experience tells me they're not. E either they didn't know it or I got fooled. That one hurts. It does. And how do you challenge someone's identity? Or what they want people to think is their identity. It's it's one thing to call somebody out for a choice or a decision they've yeah. made. Yeah. It's a whole nother thing to say, you're not the person that you want me to think you are. And I'm not even sure that anyone has the right to say yeah. that to someone yeah. else. 
Boy, that's that's um, a powerful question. And not question. necessarily a rabbit hole that I want to go no, down. No, right no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no I, I, it's a powerful question. Now, now, now you're digging deeply, not only in our world of education and mentoring, but now you're di- digging deeply in the world of psychology. And and I and I think I'll just I'll just make a couple of brief comments because we probably need some more wisdom at the table. <laughs> um, say that say that question again. Say it again, please. So. Do we even have the right to challenge someone's either identity or the identity that they put forth to us? And when I say identity, I mean their core values, the way they represent themselves. What they say is their, are their core values. Yeah. See, that's critical. So I believe, having come through this experience a few times in my life, I believe it's my responsibility to challenge that. Because if their stated core values are not in alignment with the work that I see and the behaviors that I see, and the work that I see and the behaviors that I see are not in alignment with the stated core values, then they're negatively impacting the mission. And in my life and in your life, negatively impacting the mission means they're hurting human beings. They're breaking trust. So my ethics say I must speak. And I will tell you, in 67 years, I'd be hard-pressed to find three times when I spoke. Because when I was younger, I was afraid to do it. One of the things that comes with aging, at least with my aging, is I have to speak up. I have to speak my truth. The mission is too important. The mission is too important. You know for me and I know for you it's sacred. And so I I hope and I believe and I trust that I speak with compassion, that I give feedback with caring, that I work towards what I spoke about earlier, perspective and empathy, but there comes a time, even, even knowing that I've avoided it, there comes a time when I must speak. Wow. And just to bring things a little bit full circle before yeah. we end, I think if I could cherry pick a couple of takeaways from this, it's that when we're talking about something just being business, it's... Yes a conscious or unconscious attempt to remove emotion from a relationship. Wow. And I want people listening to this to be conscious that if you're saying it, it's because you're afraid of the emotion. Yeah. And if you're hearing it, you owe it to yourself to put emotion back into that conversation. Wow. So that at the very least, we can be aware of it. And I think that's the best place for us to start. Uh, it's also the best place for us to stop. That was beautifully stated. There's nothing I can say better than that. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Tom, as always, thank you. Pleasure. Um, again, if, if you've enjoyed listening to this, please subscribe um, anywhere you get your podcasts. And hopefully you'll be with us for the next time that Tom and I get together. Yeah. Have a great time, guys. Thank you. Thank you.